Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast that bridges the gap between goal sending, science, and peak performance. I'm your host, Jamie Phillips, a former professional goalie, currently pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy and specializing in goalie performance coaching. Joining me as always is Dr. Ben Cernick, a seasoned goalie coach and sports analytics specialist. Whether you find yourself at home, on the road, or at the rink, grab a cup of your favorite beverage and let's drop the puck on this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Goalie Science Podcast. It's an in-person episode. I'm flying solo again uh, because Ben refuses to travel to America to do interviews with me. But I'm joined with Roman Malkoff. Um, this one's a unique because unique episode because now we can kind of dive a little bit into a bunch of different uh, different scenarios. Talking about growing up in Russia, the Russian bullying development model, um, you know, playing in North America, making that transition as well as being a college coach, working with hockey agency. There's, so there's so many avenues in which I want to take this. So Roman, thank you for joining me. Thanks. Um, you know, tell the people right now, like, who are you? What's your backstory? Like, let's just get into it. Well, a backstory. <laughs> wow. Um, so my name is Roman. Um, so I moved here in the States about 10 years ago. Um, the overall goal was to get to college and kind of have the an open avenue for to play professional like we always do and always try to um the college part worked out professional didn't work out but that's all right um so yeah um i was growing up in Yaroslavl, russia um team called locomotive um uh, look at my team 
actually we so that how the system work in russia i don't know if you're familiar with it but so you have the main khl team and you have the whole ac academy behind it right you have all the ages kind of the same thing as AAA works here um and you have a junior league as well so from really like mites to u18 junior league and the main team so it's kind of a very nice system that if you want to stay with one club, you can travel, you can graduate for the agent through the um, academy, go to the junior team and kind of move into the KHL team. Um, so progression is there. So there are not all of the KHL teams have that, but most do. Um, so the, yeah, I started there and I played, uh, played in locomotive until I was 14. Then I had an opportunity to go to play in Moscow for two years. So I moved there, played there for two years in a um, team called Rus. Um, like Rus, R-U-S-S. -S. Yeah, that's very patriotic. Anyway, um, fantastic team. We had a few guys that made it really far from that team. Uh, still have a good contact with them. And then um, I had an opportunity to come here. So that's when about 16, 16 years old that I moved here on, on my own. Um, it was a long time ago, so we, we didn't really, I didn't have, I had a flip phone, okay? And Sony Ericsson so you're, you're dating yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yes. I didn't have a lot of money back then and all that stuff. Uh, had an iPad and it was a first iPad. So I didn't have like seller phone, seller connection, whatever. And the only thing I could do is to get a Wi-Fi <laughs> to, to do any form of translation, yeah. no English. I had no English. Hello, how much? That's it. Oh, and you yeah. tell me 12, I would say, I don't know, yeah. no clue. So, I mean, there was a lot of funny stories with not knowing English in high school that they put me in, whatever. But anyway, we're not going to get into too much <laughs> in that. We're going to sit there all day. But yeah, so move there and uh, you're supposed to be playing uh u16 wolfsbury scranton knights um that didn't work out for whatever reason so we're not going to go into it and uh so they found me a team a junior team so as a 16 year old i was playing in the junior team um wolfsbury minors i have no idea what league it, what that was Absolutely no recollection of that. I don't think the team even exists nowadays. There's a lot of those junior teams that no longer exist. So, and that year was really, really difficult. So first year and not a whole lot of English, not a whole lot of understanding of how the system worked, where I even playing. It was hilarious. So it was like NA3. Okay. Somewhere there. Tier three level. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so somebody told me like, because we were skated where the rink is, is where the um the ahl team for pittsburgh mm -hmm. practicing i whatever conversation of bad english that i had i thought that i got into ahl team <laughs> 16 <laughs> so i'm coming in so these two guys two goalies were there and i was like and flurry was used to play on that uh, you know back there so I was like, so do you know Fleur? He's like, yeah, I know Fleur. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm so pumped. I'm, I'm so pumped to go in the, uh, uh, on the ice and I go on the ice. I was like, these guys don't seem to be very good. This guy has a very a different socks on. I was like, this is not very organized. 
very quickly learned that it's not AHL team. <laughs> uh, so it was just, it's, it was a madness looking back and it's just, it's crazy. But after that, after that season, when finally it was over, um, really tried hard for the local team, for the U18 team, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights. I didn't make it. And, uh, I, I said, fine. Uh, my dad flew here, uh, to, to Pennsylvania and we went on tryout tour. The biggest tryout tour is Detroit and all the majority of teams are there. Uh, coaches there said, you got, you're just crazy. You didn't even make our team and we're, you know, these Detroit teams are in the top, top, you know, 20 or whatever. Uh, it turns out a main uh, bell tire and played there two years after that, played some junior hockey uh, in many places. And I end up in Aquinas College in Grand Rapids, Michigan and graduated there. And uh, I met a beautiful girl and now she's my wife. And now we have a, we have a beautiful daughter. And I met Jamie. <laughs> and end the story. Apologize. End the story. Done. Okay. There's many things I want to get back to. So, um, first is I have a lot of I have a lot of questions from a lot of European kids, European goalies wondering how do they get over to North America. So, from what what's your personal experience, and then any advice or avenues that goalies and and players listening can take to make those first steps to get some exposure introduction into some sort of level um here in north america that's a great question um so right now i'm actually i am on the side even when i was in college i was helping uh, a lot of kids from russia to get here uh, so my whole point because overall kind of goal to give them an ability who wants it and who is able to perform and afford and all those th things get here and their goal is to to play in the states and go further so i was able to help them and to get to fox to get to detroit teams um so because my experience was really difficult because i didn't know i didn't know anything did you just like hop on a plane and show up did you send emails like how how did that how did they how did that connection in wilkes-barre start so the the first connection happened where a friend of mine Ivan Provorov. Uh, oh, yeah, not a big deal. <laughs> he went and two other kids, Nikita Pavlichev, that he played in. Uh, he actually still plays. He plays in AHL. Um, yes, so they went and they know some, knew somehow the coach there. And so these guys went early, like two years early, I think. They went at 14. We all left at Yaroslavl at 14. But I went to Moscow and they went mm. here. So they had two years here. They spent it and they were saying that, hey, if you want it, there's that. So I had an opportunity to get to somewhere. So like I had at least somebody who I know okay. remotely. Um, but to get hop on a plane to come here, it's very, very difficult. Uh, there, you know, now, of course, it's a different world. Yeah. Back then it was... It's it's yeah, it's, it's amazing yeah. that you say back then, although <laughs> it was just, you know, uh, 10 years ago or so, but the world really has changed, yeah. you know, with social media, uh, with all this exposure to, you know, uh, 
um, a live bar and, and all those kind of things. Like I didn't know the level. I haven't, I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I was basically on the call with like, Hey, are, are these guys good? And this yeah. is what it is. Yeah. That's how you get to USHL. This is how you get to college. This is how you get to pro. And I said, okay. So I really just a simple trust. So for me coming back to what I'm trying to do now is trying to help those kind of kids. Yeah. Um, so I did successfully before COVID and then with COVID, it was really difficult with the Russian visas and especially now, yeah. uh, it's a complete mess, but, um, we are actually getting back to it. So I'm, I'm helping right now with, uh, two guys to get to America first. Let's put it that way. Uh, I'm not getting name teams or anything, yeah, yeah, no, no. but, um, yeah, for next year. So we work it on that. I think that easiest way is to is to know somebody it's, it's just really really simple that or if somebody can give you know an advice there are a bunch of advisors i don't know how to trust advisors because some of them are good some of them are, are you, you know used car salesmen mm-hmm. not to offend any excuse <laughs> uh, i think i think i think even i think even used car salesmen out there get the youth yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously but yes so like that that feel is you know, you really, you, you have to have some sort of attachment because okay. just blindly go there is really difficult. Even understand the level because there's yeah. so, it's, everything is so different. Um, you know, it's just yesterday I was on a call for an hour just explaining how all the system works. Mm-hmm. So what about like, you know, for, from your, from your role working with an agency, um, how much stock do you guys put into like obviously it's different because that is part of your job is to make those connections so so if you're a goalie or a player out there that doesn't necessarily have a direct connection you know i you know kids are always like should i send you know highlight reel tapes emails like what's should i go to showcases should i just go and sign up for tryouts like what out of all those options what do you think is kind of like the hierarchy and like best middle and then like completely avoid i would say um to be honest the way the way we work and the way i work the way i'm I'm assisting gold star is uh i'm going to i'm going to the games i'm seeing a lot of games and simple performance like how that's the number one thing the way you perform everything and with goalies are a little bit different is as you know that if you go, if you look for a player, which I am looking for players as well, it's it's a bit different than goalies, right? It's not about, I think a lot of goalies are worrying about a lot about stats, yeah. which rightfully so. However, it's it's very a, a strange avenue, right? That just gets you like in the foot in the door. Right. But it's not even doesn't tell the whole story. Like there are a lot of goalies with 800 save percentage that are very good. They're just on bad teams. Correct. Yeah. But everyone, you're right. People do get hyper fixated on that. And I think what you said there is probably the the highlight of the whole podcast is just going to be, is about playing well. And you never know who's watching and when that opportunity comes. And so many kids like take for granted that. And it's just like, just playing, don't worry about who's there. Like you shouldn't be playing for things in the stands. You're playing for yourself, but showing up every night and giving it your best opportunity, like your best, sorry, your best effort. That's what matters. And someone's going to see that if you have talent, whether it's raw or it's very refined, someone's going to see that and take notice. Absolutely. I mean, 
I talk to a lot of coaches, even after the game, whatever team comes in town or if I'm whatever, uh, if I'm talking to white team, I always ask like, oh, what's your opinion on overall, whatever the teams that you played? Anybody that that was there, that left the mark with any movement. And most of the time I'm telling you that the, the coaches, oh yeah, that kid on that team, you should take a look at it. It's amazing. And then you go and see that in person and you can evaluate for yourself. But I think the biggest overall, like the largest star size, yeah. uh, a detail is all of like work, every moment, everything that when you're on the ice, there's no, there's no, even for me, like a simple rebound, it, redirect to the corner. If you're lazy, if you get up with a different foot, you're like, Ugh. yeah, right away. So like, details matter because right now you you have to agree the sport is just getting so so competitive yeah so like even in the you know kids level you know mites level if you work those habits <laughs> and by the age of you know 14 you're you're it's automatic your your approach to games your approach to practices is going to be significantly different than a kid who's like, oh, I'm going to try now because somebody's watching. Mm -hmm. So that consistency in the work, consistency uh, in the movement, understanding of the game, meaning I'm working, I'm enjoying the game, but I'm giving it my all. Yeah. Not saying I'm giving it my all, but I, I am giving it, no matter what the stats are, which yeah. is really difficult as a goalie. But that's what it is. Sometimes you just in the bad games and mm -hmm. bad stuff happens, but... Again, what I said earlier, yes, that's matter, but I'm looking the way I look at it. There's different goals. You know, there's there's bad goals, there's goals that you can't do anything about it. But even in those games, how do you how do you react? How do you respond? Are you we can't have a perfect game. No. It's it's impossible to over like for a whole career, I mean, we we're gonna have bad games that's not that's normal. But how do you respond? That that triggers a mental tough, <laughs> mental strong, mental weak. If you're a really good goalie, but you're mental weak, that's a huge minus. <laughs> and now you, you know, when we're bringing on our call, is it how how good is he? Yeah, he's good, but yeah, how how is he gonna in juniors? It's gonna be a tough life in juniors. If you go into minors, it's going to be really tough in my life in, in, in minors. It's really difficult leagues. If you go further, it's even more difficult. You have to be able to be mental strong. Yeah. And if you're not, bring power like I make it. It's, it's funny because like you, well, we as goalie coaches and you as an, uh, you know, somebody who works with agency, myself who does, not an agency, but I help with other agencies. And I guess I, I do take it in a mentorship role rather than an advisory role but we have this conversation every single day like every single day and i know parents out there like the, you know you're you're concerned about your kid and as yes, you should you know there are thousands of goalies that we see or hundreds hundreds two thousands a year that we have to look at and it's the same conversation every time and it's what's their effort like and it's we don't well it's that but and there's a lot of really good goalies that have come across my desk for different, whether it's for college or for my scouting or different pro teams and junior teams. And there's always like, well, what's the butt? 
and when there's when there's no like well well when there's no hesitation that's like okay that's that's a good sign but it's you know if you try to if you're listening or watching like think about being a little bit self-aware and like and, and really reflective on yourself and like what what is that do you have that that but that thing that that's holding you back and it's not going and we'll get into height and stuff and you know your height you can't change it's the things that that leave that question mark are things that are that you can influence whether that's hard work whether that's mental toughness now mental toughness is a little bit of a different different beast i think going through adversity helps build it but also working with professionals and you know, getting that experience um but we, yeah, we used to have this conversation every single day and it's always, it's, there's nothing more disappointing than like a goalie, you know, comes in and, and they'll be like, and I actually talked about this with one of my goal mentors, um, the other day and when a goalie comes in, they're just like, we lost six two, our team was bad. And I'm like, well, yeah, but how are you? It's like, ah, well, our team, let me know. Well, I don't really care about your team. Like, tell me how you yeah. played. Yeah. Yeah. And the goal and the goalies that are like, we lost six two. Don't love don't love the goal I gave up. I didn't think I played terrible, but I need those ones back. That to me, that's like that's a mature goalie that gets it, that understands their role. They're not they're willing to take some of the blame and they're but they're not putting it on someone else. They're taking ownership of of themselves. But it's it's getting it's starting to be like harder and harder to to kind of come across. I don't know if that's maybe just like now that we're old, old guys. So it's just like our generation that we're, that we're just like, oh, I can see stays. I feel like old man's yelling at the cloud. Exactly. But, like, but, but it's true. And you talked about social media. It's completely different. And now not only like before, when we were growing up, like Facebook was just coming out, like, and the only goalie things were like made like gear equipment groups, like GGSU and stuff like that. I grew up in Russia. Yeah, you didn't even add that. <laughs> yeah. But now, but now, like you go on the internet and there's you're just comparing yourself to to so many different goalies and you're seeing all this stuff and I it, I can see why people like get preoccupied on like what everyone else is doing rather than focus on on themselves. But let's let's switch the page. So Russia right now seems to be having their moment of goaltending in the last five six years it seems like it went like there was that like french canadian western canada finland sweden and now russia is is the hotbed of goalies so what's the secret what's the secret sauce man is it the russian gas that they always talk about like what but like i know a little bit about the russian system from what we've talked about and from like playing with other russian uh, like russian and you know eastern european and belarusian and and those kind of players and how it works. But for someone that grew up in that system, it's, you know, played, had success, been around other goalies that have had success. Like what, what separates what they're doing in Russia in terms of developing goalies compared to North America? That's a long topic. Let's it's a great topic. Uh, there's no secret, uh, but it's a different approach. What, that that we in Russia uh, have than we have here. <laughs> it's really you can just say me. I'll be the I'm I'll be the representative for North America, and you can be the representative for Russia. Um, well, I, I like to put myself in the middle of this. <laughs> so, uh, yes, in the in the U.S., I think it, the the. Okay, so the first question that you said, what's the, what's the secret? What's how yeah. how is that all coming apart? 
uh, or coming together uh, rather um it's a system you know what i experienced is at the time probably wasn't it's got its faults you know it's like a it's like a it's like a car it's like a machine that is always going to have its faults but it's going to move yeah so that's the biggest thing where i think in in the u.s there's there's systems for players for player development but there's there's almost nothing for goalies you know a simple AAA team you, you you know you pay all this money to go uh as a as a as a player and you get all this vi- you get video you get all the coaches constantly stopping the drill showing you what to do how to shoot or whatever you want to do how to how to skate where to position yourself how to position yourself what do they do for goalies if you're lucky a goalie coach for if, 20 minutes for once 20 minutes, a week 20 minutes once a week and if you're lucky i mean realistically you need to have much more than 20 minutes you yeah. need to have an approach rather than a guy comes in and throws some pucks together like oh today we're going to do this no it's the same thing what happening in russia where all these guys coming about is a fully systematic approach we know where what we're working on mm-hmm. we know how we're working on and repetition 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 um systems in russia of course it's funded a little bit differently yeah. like you don't there's no like you can do private camps and stuff like that but majority of it is what i experienced and what i was been part of it look does the the khl team in charge of that is the the city in charge of paying it's mostly most of, most of the, it is that it's a combination so combination. so it they, they formulate their budget based on the city based on the sponsors of mm-hmm. the main khl team so but that's, I think that that's what I, I actually wanted to talk about. Cause one of the things that I, I, I was thinking about this morning is like how, cause we're talking about on the ice a little bit, you know, where, how, how does that system work? What, what kind of benefits can we bring? How is it, how does that get to function better? Because let's look, I mean, going on the ice with private coach, it's fantastic if your parents, you know, carry a truck full of money over there. That's awesome. But again, it's the systematic approach. You do it once a month. Is that going to make a difference? Yeah. I mean, you're going to know a little bit. Is it every week? Okay. Is it twice a week? Okay. You know, now you can get into not just like, okay, when you push from the left to the right, you stop with the right, not with the left, you know? Now you you can get into more details because the, you know realistically devil is in the details. You know, like what's the, how to get to the next level? It's not it's just humongous secret that I nobody knows about. Is the is the perfect repetition, perfect repetition all the time. And that's it, and that's how it works. I mean, it's look locomotive. I mean, amount of players that they produce. It's like a factory. It's like a, just a huge factory that just pops players out and just constantly because approaches you've got all the coaches are totally on the same page you've got all the teams very on the same page you have not just hockey you have um different types of activity when you do an on off ice you've got acrobatics flexibility you have professionals coming in and putting the work into it yes i mean so I'm not going to make it, mm-hmm. but the, it's a factory. It's going to go, you know, it's a successful factory uh, because it's, it's got a system, it's got an approach, and it's got a, a bomb, bomb, bomb. Yeah. For example, 
before season starts, we had a camp. You can say it's bad or good. Yeah, I don't know how, um, in terms of how good that it does. But again, in the when you're taking a look away, not on the player's eyes, it's like, oh, is, he's not going to make it. You're going to work him to death. Or you're going to take a look at, well, out of these guys, most of them going to make it. These guys are going to probably end up in a surgery. Well, sorry. But again, you can tweak it a little bit and make it a little bit better. But before season, every team goes on the camp. You know, a camp is four, four practices a day. Four practices a day. Not all the practices are lifting weights. Mm-hmm. So, you, again, you have a combination. You, you, you're developing in different factors of players' overall, uh, you know, abilities. So you have an, uh, probably a, a little warm-up run doing something like this in the morning. Then you've got a nice practice. You've got a gym, you know, lifting and building, a, building strength. And at the end, you have the fourth practice is more of... You know, either playing handball, you're playing basketball, you're playing uh, soccer. All these things, they're going to help develop all kinds of different muscles and abilities. Coordination, I think, is a, one of the biggest factors now in, in the kids that I work with. None of them are coordinated. Like, they, they just, we, we can seem to find, like, it's, it's very choppy. Nobody understands their body. And again, at, back then... Back then, because we were outside, because we played all kinds of sports, we just had an an ability. We were so grouped together, and we understood how the muscles work. It's a huge advantage on the ice. Mm-hmm. Huge advantage on the ice. And again, systematic approach. Boom! You get you get your camp before season. All this power that you built, all these things that you built, then you go into season twice, two practices a day. You got. Uh, Practice in the morning, off ice, then you go to school. Is this like this, once one age group, does this typically start out? Gosh, I started probably eight, if I remember, maybe earlier. So like really intensive, really like rest of right away. Not all the schools, I want to clarify, not all the schools are like that. Mm-hmm. I was in the Olympic Reserve School. Locomotive is the, you know, the, the way it's, the way it's set up is yeah. the Olympic Reserve School. So... Really over there. That's why you have a machine of of uh, 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 that moves on and develops players. You have an, like I said, an enormous amount of players that come out from locomotive, and you know, it's just and again, it's all the involvement and 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 the clear goal of the academy path. Yeah. It's very similar to like a, a UK when you have a Premier League. You have you have a main club and you have all these academies. Yeah. And it's the same approach. So if the if the main team develops a player, now the that team is able to sell to the like different clubs. Yeah. They develop a player, and then they in, in junior level they're really good. But for some reason it doesn't fit the bill in their club because let's say they're stacked. Yeah. Different team looks at it, it's like we want them. Here's the money. You have to pay the money now. That team that wants that player pays the money. To that club now it's not just wasted money that yeah. put all this now they actually earn money for that so it's, in, they're in, it's ultimately the the towns the communities the sponsors and the the main team is is investing in the long game which which does make sense which i think north america used to be like that when in like the original six days 
NHL teams had local area rights of players. Oh, I never knew that. So, like, if you were from Montreal or if you were from Quebec, Montreal owned your rights. If you were from Ontario, Toronto, and then same thing like Boston and stuff as well. Um, now, on the surface, like being never being exposed to the Russian system, is it how much of it is this like a numbers game where if you just get kids like because we we have this might like this idea or this mindset of like Russia being like cold war like like rocky right you know like you know you know what i mean but like yeah. how much of it is just like weeding i mean it's weird because like we want to like kind of like see like the russian system of like you know beating kids down and breaking their spirits and you know if you get hurt you're done but to be fair like that's kind of how it works here too <laughs> and so but like how much of it is just like a numbers game like is it if you're getting a hundred goalies into the system okay like one of them two of them are probably going to go go high or is it like we're putting in all the effort to each individual kids and then as they get older if they don't have that skill level if they aren't showing promise then we start to cut them loose well it, it depends on the age right it depends on and who you what talent you got there but it seemed to be doing just fine i mean i am just i'm 97 so I remember 97s playing in KHL, 98s, three of them playing in KHL, 99s, two of them playing in KHL, 2000 is backing him up actually. Um, it seems to be all right. Mm -hmm. um, so again, that what you were talking about is maybe something shifted or exposure or their willingness to move or doing something that in a couple of years that you seem, because I was just looking at yesterday, you've got New York Islanders, you've got um, Colorado, mm -hmm. you got, you got New York that was completely Russian too. And mm -hmm. uh, wow, I mean, they're just dominating, you know, like you have two guys in Colorado is Prasvetov and Georgiev. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess Georgiev went from New York as well, but you have Shostorkin and Georgiev used to be yeah. in um, there. You've got Islanders, you've got Sadokin and Varlamov, which is from yeah. Yaroslav, but he was in Yaroslav. It, it's, wow. I mean, just right there. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's other guys in the systems in different teams, and maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but that's, that's, that's a large amount, you know, of top goalies, meaning not they're, they're somewhere, but they're number ones. They're, yeah. I mean, Vasilevsky, I don't know who's backing him up. I don't think they're Russian. Gustafson? No, it's uh, Canadian Tompkins. Oh, Tompkins and Johansson. Johansson. Whenever, Sweet, yeah. yeah, whoever, but I'm just saying like, the, the, and again, something that we just briefly talked about is the quality, right? The quality is not just being, you know, you know, it's we're not somewhere finding finding them in the minors, which there are some, but you've got a lot of them just going boom, peak, boom. Do you think that's just because being a Russian or definitely would be well being European or Russian, um, you have the top guys if you're is if you're a goalie that's not going to be a dominant goalie in the NHL, you would probably just stay back in Russia, right? 
so you the ones that are coming over to north america are the best of the best well and so does that versus north america it is harder for like a canadian or, or american player just due to import rules and all those things so it's easier to like to mock around in the american league or the east coast if you aren't going to be that top right guy well i don't think so because like i said there are some in the minors mm-hmm. uh and then not just completely out there i'm just saying in some period of time they end up yeah. right over here so vasileski took some it took him a little bit you know he wasn't there for a bit yeah he wasn't with tampa for a little bit he was in syracuse for a little bit same thing with varlov varlov when when he was i believe 18 from locomotive where he earned his number one there he went here and he they didn't put him in in, in the main team they put him in the hl and he battled around there for two years before he actually had the main job or even the backup job so i don't i don't think so but um i'm not sure i'm not sure about that but uh, i think when the biggest difference is between you know the north american or you know i'm not going to say about european but they have a little bit better conditions than in russia but i think what all of us russians experience is it's kind of like you're either in or you're completely out of the game so what that means is if you look in the states you go through like a triple a you go to junior team you go to college if you're good enough you're gonna go to the you know you have a shot if you're not gonna make it you have a degree you go to your office job and you're gonna be just fine now for russians now it's to start to change a little bit but again when i was growing up school didn't really exist like it was nothing i mean Again, I'm not going to talk about how I w- was doing in school in Russia. And I, I wasn't expected when I moved to, to actually go to school and do some work and actually have to bring homework. What's that? I've never done that in my life. There's a, a Russian goalie that f- currently plays in the KHL. I know that stopped going to school when he's 12 years old. Yeah, and that's very normal. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> normal. <laughs> that's like, but you're listening right now and you're... 12 year old kid in, in you know middle of saskatchewan you're probably like well if they're not going to school and they're just playing hockey <laughs> it was, but the, and the problem is with that that's all great when you make it to the top which is um, you probably a number guy you can tell me about more what the percentage is like it's not high if you're not if you're out of that high percent you're gonna be on the street yeah and i know that a lot of guys end up they're being really really good really good and some something happens and they're out of the roster they're out of the game and they can't get back and now they're find themselves oh i was just there i'm drafted i mean this but nobody i'm you know nobody needs me anymore and i i don't have education the only thing i know is hockey and i go and do coaching and that's all and i have no other options Rather than here, you have options. You have something that's like that. Here, it, over there, it's really, really difficult. So it's like a lot, like one system, but also I guess like what's the what's the saying? Like you burn the boats. There's no plan B for a lot of, for for a, almost all the kids or a lot of kids. Like who's doing? Who's going that route? Going that route. Like you are either going to give it your all, or you're going to have to 
not play sports at all or not play high level sports because you're going to go on and pursue some sort of, you know, work or education or, or trade or however, which just doesn't make sense. You know, like having sometimes like I, I look at where I, like for me, like I look at where I am now and I'm like, well, I'm glad I went to college and, and like, you know, I'm going to be like, I have a doctorate degree and all these things. But then like part of my, something out of the back of my brain was like, I wonder if I just, if I just didn't have a plan B, would I have, it's a scary would I change things? Would I, I don't know. Like, and I don't know, it's, it's hard, but I think that I definitely think that that, that fire and just knowing and understanding like this is, this is it, this is my opportunity. That's a very good point. And I think one of, one of those things is that it's hunger. When we talk about hunger, it's a different type of hunger when you have, when you're a deer and you know where the, where the food is, when the planted food is. Mm. Now, if you're completely wild and if you're not going to find anything, you don't have your senses, right? You don't like, if you're not going to eat, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's a thing for them. It's what Bobrovsky you've got, Sorokin, you've got all these guys. If they're not going to make it, I don't know where they're going to go. Like yeah. Where are they going to go? There's there's a lot of kids who graduate from academies and who, who's able to be coach and who are able to do whatever. But of course, all we all want to be the top. We want to be we, most of us, I think. Um, but if something is not happening, something wor- not doesn't work. The height, the injury, the the coach that didn't, you didn't have a good tension with. That's it. Like your your whole life. As a, not just your, um, your professional career in hockey, but your whole livelihood depends on the pillars of that are very, very shaky. Yeah. So, and that's what I said. There's, there's a lot of kids who are really, really good and who don't make it. (laughs) And there's a lot of kids who are really, really good who make it. Yeah. So because of based on different reasons, but that's that's why I say it's just very fine ground. Mm-hmm. And to be in the in the mix of NHL and to be out of the mix, you think, wow, that's that's a big difference. But really small. And is fine details. And it's kind of circling back to what I said into um about what's the what's what's the secret? Maybe the secret is the details. Mm-hmm. The, the the whole thing about like being the best like to put everything you got to be the best not just on the ice because it's not just the ice <laughs> if you are really good on the ice but you are a very very difficult person very difficult to be around not you know not not able to communicate really well uh, just a sketchy guy that could be the avenue. It's a game. It's a, it's again that pillar mm-hmm. that could just fall, and you're not gonna make it. Yeah. So, all those details. I'm gonna be do. I'm gonna be doing really well in school. I'm gonna do really well on the ice. I'm gonna not go uh, and have a burger in McDonald's, but actually gonna have the meal because I want to be somewhere. It's really really difficult to wear. I think. When I, when I was talking to Ivan and 
you kind of like thinking about all these things that he has said. And I, I've been, I've been with this. I've been with, um, where they had a, used to have a camp before season when I was already in college. These guys were getting ready for the NHL season. And I was, because I'm a local kid too, and they needed the shooter tutor. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. And so I was getting ready for the season as well. I was getting ready for the season at a very, very different pace yeah. than them. These guys are an absolute machines. I just thinking of this is this is that's it. I mean, they're practicing six hours a day, and then they go in the season and they just work, work, work on them. Everything is work because you can't. I mean, of course, they have, they know how to party too, but you know, everything is with the idea. Okay. I need to take care of my body. I need to know what I, what I eat. I need to know what, what I watch, who I communicate to, because all these things really matter at the end. And I'm looking at all this and this is what the guy's living in. And that's where a lot of people who say they want it, they want to be, they want to be the best. They want to go further. I don't think a lot of people understand what it actually takes to do that. And it's easy to, not easy, but when, once you jump in, that's great. That's awesome. You, you're in it, but what it's really difficult is to stay there. Mm -hmm. And that's where all these things, what I, what I was talking about, click in. Yeah. A lot of people want to want it. Yeah. Or they think, a lot of people think they're working hard. Um, I had this conversation uh, a couple of days ago where I was fortunate where I was, I, you know, I went to a goalie school, small ice pad area, but there were always goalies older than me and better than me going through and training. So I remember like, you know, the younger kids would always skate you know, earlier, like th four or five in the afternoon. And then, you know, a seven, eight, nine, ten. Now you're getting the, the triple A, the junior A, the, the pro guys coming in there. And I remember like begging my dad to stay like, no, I, I, I need to watch. Cause I thought like even goalies are playing like junior B, you know, when you're a 12, 13 year old kid, like someone playing a 20 year old playing junior B is like crazy because they're doing all the things that you, you can't do yet because you haven't learned them. Yeah. But I think that like seeing it and seeing goalies that are at a higher level and being exposed to it is a driving factor. That's one of the reasons like I like the the European development model where the you have academies, you have the, the tiers, the hierarchy, because you get exposed to it. Um, you know, speaking to to Yane the other week about what they're doing in, in HIFK Helsinki is they allow their you know, say the U-12s will get games with the U-14s. The U-14s will get games and practices with the U-16s. And that happens. It doesn't happen as much in North America unless, you know, someone's sick or there's an injury. And you don't get that little taste to, one, drive that hunger, but also be like, okay, like, I am not there yet. I need to elevate my game. I work with a, goal, a couple of goalies in the UK, and they're now, like, you know, they're, they would be 16. Yeah, so 16-year-olds. And they're starting to get some minutes with the elite leagues and the second tier leagues. And it's, and for me, it's like, you know, they're all fired up to hear it. You know, for me, it's like, okay, so what did you, what did you learn out of this? Like, I'm so happy that you're getting this opportunity, but like, what did you learn? Are, 
you know, they're like, well, the shots are really quick. And I fell behind the play. It's like, okay, so that, what does that mean? Like, you got to get faster. You got to do this. Like that means, you know, over the next two or three years, this is the jump we're trying to make. And I think that that's an important part that, that we don't get, it's not built in for us here. You know, like when I do, you know, <laughs> yeah, they call us corporate goalie coaches. So for me as a corporate goalie coach, um, you know, like I do try sometimes to, to set up my sessions where if I know I have a younger goalie who's, who's showing promise, I want them out with older goalies that are, that are one good, good people, but also like push the pace and work hard because I want them to see that. I want that to rub off on them versus, you know, like sometimes if I have goalies that have bad attitudes, I don't, they don't get those privileges because it's not going to do that many good. And it's just going to hurt the whole, the whole session. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I remember that we used to play against 96 or 98 all the time being 97. So you either play it up or you play it down so for the, for all the ages to work. And I think that's, that's a great opportunity, uh, you know, just see where you are and where do you need to go next steps. And I think again, Aaron, just kind of over this podcast, I'm just more thinking about the details now because it really, when you think about it, and I completely agree with you where you want your younger kid to go with the older kid who, who tries really hard. Now, it's very easy to say, oh, there's younger kids here. I'm going to go not as hard. It's the same thing again. If you professional, if you think of this is where I need to be, that I care for what I do and I, and I take pride of work I do, doesn't matter who's around me. Doesn't matter what what circumstances I'm in. If I'm working, I am, I'm giving it. Boom! I'm working it. I'm doing quality repetition. I'm not doing, you know, half here, half there. So those kind of things really matter. And the kids pick up on this, where where they see this, and that generates the driving behavior. Where now, if you're gonna put a younger kid, you want to put it with the older kid, yeah. but. What if that older kid's going to have, like, hey, that's bad. Now here you can skip. Now it's a bad habit. Now yeah. it's not a good not a good model where you want to take it. So that's where, again, that comes in. And that's our, that's our role of coaches is to know our athletes and, and, and pick and choose. And I know, like, sometimes the older guys will be like, oh, I don't want to skip there. But remember, you were also that young kid. <laughs> Two, I'll take it as, like, a badge of honor. That, that we as coaches are entrusting you and we're like, hey, like we want you to be a good role model. But also when you get in the net in the training, it's just you in the puck. If, even if you're skating with a nine-year-old and you're a 20-year-old, it doesn't matter. It's you are on the ice. Your job is to get better and to be consistent. And like that's something that I was fortunate that I was a part of a system, a, like a, a school, um, like a private hub private hockey school, mm -hmm. not like academic wise, just training wise, where Bujan, the guy that owns it, set it up that way where I was able to skate with older goalies, but then I became the guy that the younger players were with. And I, but I knew that, and I knew that. And like details for me, like you say that and I, I think about myself, I'm like, yeah, like I was, I actually did, I was too detail oriented, but I also think that like I wouldn't have been successful if I was any less detail oriented. But I think of like how neurotic I was, and I was like, this probably wasn't healthy in the long run. But but I I, I was successful. I was successful not because I was a s phenomenal skater or phenomenal athlete. Um, I, I I was very good because I understood things, 
and I worked, and I can say it now because I look back, but I worked so incredibly hard. I actually like did, I did too much. Like I didn't recover well enough and that caused problems like down the road, but like I did, I worked so hard because I had to. Whereas I think a lot of, a lot of, you know, kids and even like teenagers and, and young adults, it's just, it's just that like, it's like take off the governor, like take off what's holding, like what's holding, just go, go for it. Just take that next step. Like, what are you doing? You'd mentioned it before. Like, what do you, not only like, what are you doing when you come to the rink? It's one thing to, to work hard for an hour of the day, but what, what's the rest of your day looking like? Are you paying attention at school? You know, like, are you stretching? doesn't have to be hardcore but like instead of just watching tv at night like are you just stretching while you're watching tv you know like little things like are you you know like yeah like pro guys like you go on the internet you always see how like hard like all the pro guys are partying they they pick and choose their battles and that's the biggest thing is they they go out when the job's done you know they, they also earn that you know if you're playing junior b hockey or tier three hockey and you're just satisfied with being a hockey beauty and that's all you're going to be is a hockey beauty but if you really truly want to to take that next step then you're going to be that role model of the team that's like fellas we're not going out because we didn't win or yeah i'll come out but like 11 o'clock i'm out it's my bedtime and i'm hitting the gym at tomorrow at nine you know like making those like little things that that those tangibles those details are so like incredibly important that and we know the kids that that take those steps, and we see it. And the thing is, too, is like when you when you were like we can think about when you we were young because we thought that we were like smarter than the coaches. The coaches didn't know. They yeah, they know. They go, we know what you're doing. We keep aware. Like the thing is, like I follow all my goalies on social media. I I know the stupid stuff they're up to. I know when they're doing dumb stuff. Yeah. But I also had a, a mentor that did the same thing to me, and so like. It, it, it's just it's i'm glad that i had that and i was exposed i made mistakes because now i can like so i can look at like guys and be like hey you should probably probably delete that yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah but i think um again it's just where you want to be and, and and that's why i said it's, it's it doesn't have to be uh, an objective to be an nhl mm-hmm. like that's i think it's normal like if we if you you have to pick and choose what you want if you're going for, if you're clearly with yourself thinking that this is my goal and I'm going to do whatever it takes, mm-hmm. then that whole, the whole mentality shifts. If you're, if you're thinking like, Hey, I'm, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. If it doesn't going to, it's not going to happen, man, that's, that's all right. Mm-hmm. Then it's just a completely different approach it and that's okay. Yeah. But you just have to pick and choose. You can't say today I want it and tomorrow, well, everybody's going out, so I'm going to go too. Yeah. That, that doesn't work that way. And, you know, um, not to go too much in, into the, you know, my uh, personal life, but everything is like, it, it doesn't, I don't know how to explain it, but everything kind of goes together. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some universe, it just, if you give enough, if you care, if you go, if you do those stupid, dumb things that you think it's really dumb when you go to bed at a certain time, that not past midnight, and when you recover, when you do stretching, somehow, in some game, when you think that that spug's going in, that guy whiffs on the shot. 
somehow it hits your blade, somehow it hits your top of your glove and it goes away or it hits the post and I'm, it doesn't go in it goes out yeah and maybe it's too much of me for you know kind of overthinking it but i really truly believe in in in, in that ratio of how much you put in it just it just somehow it gives you it gives that back out you, you, but that's like everything in life and one like you make your own luck and all these things you make your own opportunities but like even like now it's the same same thing like if i you know, i go to bed at midnight and wake up at six and i'm tired and i go to coach and i'm miserable and i'm not being a good coach like that doesn't benefit my goalie and it ultimately comes back and bites me in the butt same as a wooden athlete you know if you stay up late or whatever it is just because you want to watch netflix or, or whatever you, you know, play Fortnite or whatever kids play these days. <laughs> and then you have a crappy practice. Yeah. Like, and then because of that, you know, you, your mood's bad and that carries over and then you have a crappy game. And that happened to be the game when just, you know, you or I or some scout was there or, or not, you know, in most of the young ages, it's not even a scout, it's coaches. Like other coaches talk about just, we just all, we all talk, we talk about our, the coaches like how this person look okay this person's interested in coming like what are your thoughts and if it's like well they're you know they're a little grumpy or i saw them once and they did not impress me and then like that's you know not only as a kiss of death for your career but maybe for the next step like maybe for you making that jump from you know double a to triple a like maybe that was it just because it's like little things and it all matters it, it all matters in the long run uh, and that's why like we can't take any sort of day or opportunity for granted and you know obviously you're not going to always be unbelievable but as long as you are doing the things to be the best and to and to give yourself the opportunity to be unbelievable that is what matters and it compounds and then you know you do that for 10 12 years mm -hmm. you're you're probably going to be in a good spot and i say that like when parents are like hey like what do you think of my 12 year old i'm like i Tell me, like, let's talk in eight years, and I'll tell you I'm learning good. Right now, I don't know. Like, there's still, like, I don't know. Like, what happens when they turn 16, and maybe they just want to, like, race cars or something? Like, yes. I don't know. So, so, and, and you know, it's quite, quite in, it's interesting that you say that because now, again, because it's, everything's moving forward. Everything is just changing. At this moment, we're looking at 2010s for the agency. Yeah. So you tell me, and, and I, I think money, that's crazy. You have 13 year old kids that weren't even born. When I was like drafted in the OHL. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I, you have to pick up and that's why, you know, it, it, it's, what's really difficult. And again, it, it doesn't mean any, anything that, you know, somebody is looking at 13 year old or 16 year old, but I'm just telling you how young that the agency, the scouts start to look at mm -hmm. kids. 13 years, you don't know. Like, yeah, like you said, maybe in a couple of years, he's, he finds himself to be a painter and then he goes in a completely different route. And all this work that you've, di you've done, you know, scouting and doing the reports, doing the looks and goes, goes away. But that's, that's why when we're talking about pillars, it's not just hockey and it's this 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 how does all function and that's what is a difficult difficult job to do uh to to what we do but that's what i'm saying when you in the details when you 
when you're thinking about o- overall goal, what you want to be. Because, you know, frankly, like, realistically, the way I look at it, if you're, if you're playing AAA, you want to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe not an NHL, but like the, you know, NCAA, the USHL yeah. is the goal. Uh, and again, the it's so, it's just, it's, it's, it's so close, but it's really far. Yeah. So details really matter. You, when you start, it doesn't matter when you start, you start caring of the process overall, not just I care today, care tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 2010s, 13 year old, and we have to make a decision who's going to be a, um, a future in this show. Sorry. I don't know how to do it. I think like if you like we don't try to do it. This didn't like hit me until Yeah, probably until I first went pro. Maybe a second year pro. But like every year there's someone trying to take your job. Mm-hmm. Every single year. So if you're two thousand ten, two thousand elevens at some point you're gonna be playing against each other that probably junior age. And they're gonna try to take your job. And then the two thousand twelves and two thousand thirteens. And it's just gonna go and go and go forever. So like you, you can't ever, you can't, you can't rest till you're done. And that's, that's honestly the yeah. thing too. And, and like, and that's a whole other discussion for like, for basically my, make my therapist or psychologist, <laughs> like, you know, like I'm done, but that was my mentality. Like when I played was like, I, I just didn't stop until the end. And now I put all my effort into my school and my businesses, my coaching and you know, like on the surface, well, my girlfriend would say it, and it's not, not also, not, it's not a lie, but I'm, I'm a workaholic. But now my work, rather than being like, my work towards being an athlete, yeah. is my work towards being successful in what I want to be successful. And so everything carries over, but that's also a reason why I was able to be a successful goalie. Like if I, if I didn't, if I was even like 5% less invested in it, probably wouldn't have gone anywhere. And because like I, all I had was my effort <laughs> and I had opportunity, I had great parents able to afford and provide all the things that the tools that aided all the hard work and put all the pieces together. But like, yeah, like you can't, the thing is, is like, you'll never know if you're going to make it. You just, you, just when you turn 25, when you turn 30, when you turn 40, when you look back, can you honestly say like, did you do it all? Did you give it your best effort? And like, and that's, that's like the most important part. Like for me, you know, sometimes it's like, well, like Jamie, you were called up to the NHL, but you never played. Well, yeah, it sucks. Like I would have loved to have got some minutes, but I also, I, I actually could not have worked any harder yeah. than I did. Yeah. I, I think that the, the true honest thing is to be true to yourself. Yeah. It just, you know, when you, you know what the expression is to, to to look you know look yourself in the mirror and just ask have I done it all mm-hmm. um, and sometimes you can skew it a little bit like oh yeah I could have or like you really think that you have done but sometimes you're just you know lying to yourself but I think that's a whole process and that's what I'm trying to tell uh, that's a whole approach now this second semester to um, other kids that I work with is I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them how I'm gonna implement the little program and and something that we talked about you know and earning a I think the biggest thing is like habits so that's where I'm I was trying to figure it out how to how to help them a little bit on this and I came up with this exclusive only content here um but really 
the the habits. So if you're looking at this, take two weeks. So if you have a calendar, you have a whatever way of you want to put it together. At the end of every day, you earn yourself a check mark or plus or whatever you want to do. So, but that's the thing you have to be completely honest to yourself. Mm -hmm. So, and you can identify the, you know, the objectives, the parameters and how you want to look at it. But to me, it would be, I did really well in school. I participated. I did the homework. I prepared. I did all the things that necessary to be to be the best, to be, to get to where I need to go. Um, I ate well. I didn't do any stupid things. I, um, I got to bed at the right time. Um, did I practice really hard? Did I do, did I sat around when the, when the coach explaining the drill for 15 minutes or whatever, did I just sat there and just completely zoned out because I'm not interested in explaining the drill. The only thing I have to do is to sit there and you know, wait for the puck to come in. Or I actually was thinking, I was stretching, I was doing those kind of things because you have to utilize that time, you know. Um, so did I practice really hard? Did I give it all or I didn't? And only after that, when you get get home, you can earn yourself a check mark. Yeah. Now, if you do those things for for two weeks, that's even like if for a week, let's say, and then you have a game at the end of the week. So sometimes I even remember myself, I had all kinds of, I was so, I was not nervous, but it was like excitement and nervous and being like light, light in the heart. And you're like, almost like you can't feel that. I actually sometimes miss that feeling. You really do. Because you, after that, you just don't have, I haven't have that feeling since I stopped playing, but Sometimes when you don't have that confidence, you can think of and look at, 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 at your board you did. Mm -hmm. And if you have all the check marks, there is no, there's, there's supposed to be no hesitation of like, am I going to perform well? Well, I did the best as I could to the, to the week. Then the game's going to be good. Yeah. The game's going to be good. And you do everything that at the game, you earn yourself a check mark next week starts and usually like i said two weeks it learned you building a habit mm -hmm. after that it becomes a natural spin yeah. and if you think about it and season is quite long mm -hmm. or quite short and <laughs> how you yeah. look at it but that season if you take in it and you just pop 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 doing those two weeks and you doing week by week week by week whatever the weeks i'm out of 22 weeks in the season or whatever how much further yeah. are you going to be rather than, am I doing well? I don't know. You have to be honest to yourself. Boom. Earn it. Now you have a visual. If you didn't earn it, if you didn't earn the mark, then all of that crosses out. Mm. All of it. And you have to start right back because you can take days off. Yeah. All right. Three questions. <laughs> first question. What was your first set of goal a year? McLean. Russian one. Well, that's the thing. Um, in Russia, we didn't have to pay. Oh, one second. The first one. Oh, let's say, say that again. It wasn't making. It was a coho. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it's a coho. Yeah. I forgot. It was black cohos. Black, black cohos that my dad went to Moscow because we didn't have any goal a year. Yeah. Bought it somewhere of some guy on 
God, I don't even know on, on some sort of a market, like a farmer's market, and he had <laughs> them on sitting there, and they're complete awful. But I still remember to those day those cohos, man. It was just very tiny. It was quite cute, and I had a lot of pictures with it. Is I had my face covered in some pimples. Get I got an allergy? And I have all green or whatever, and just standing like this, whole <laughs> set. In their, uh, in their, oh my god, it was just. What do you say? Because I don't think of that. I, that's why I was thinking. I, that's why I ask you. That's why amazing. That's why I'm, I, I like to ask that. Now, uh, next question: Was there any sort of gear modification that, for you, it's like I couldn't do without? Like whether you the way you sharpen your skates, the way you tie like toe laces, like. Do you have any weird intricacies with your gear? Um, well, depends. So if, you, if you're if talking about when I was younger, and again, when you just start out, you don't really don't know. When you develop yourself, you start liking things. Uh, when Again, when, when I was young, I didn't have any other option rather than what my dad brought. Yeah. And then um, once I start getting older and start playing in the team, team sponsors, so they just give you that gear. So in locomotive, I've never had to pay for any of the gear, which is awesome. Also, there's all kinds of weird stuff came in too, from older kids and whatever would pass the gear out. And um, so I had new new gear, or could be used gear, almost every year because you grow or so. When I start getting into like 14s, I start to make different things. Um, I think the first time I switched to tucking my my chest protector into pants, and I don't think I would ever untuck it now. Really? I don't think I I, I would tie it. I had the suspenders. I I was I felt so much solid. And when I got to juniors, I start wearing the double neck. Okay. Um, which I sewed myself. Actually, I I did a lot of modifications modifications myself. Um. My grandpa taught me how to sew and do all these things, and actually it was really helpful. I redid my gloves when they broke down, when the the palm of it just went this way. I opened it all up, and I did some stuff, glue it all together. Oh, interesting. Um, but cleaned it all the time. I had, and uh, when I was still playing a locomotive, I had beautiful sets of Brian's uh, Beast. Ooh, the Glenn Trappers, oh, the best ones. They still, they still hurt me over here, but <laughs> I, I remember those days and it just seriously, every time something flies left, you're like, you're reacting with like, yeah, I don't really want to go to the shoulder there. Yeah, it's terrible. But, um, yeah. And when I got obviously to, to juniors or to college, I, it, it was the dream come through, through and true, true. true. Uh, a dream come true really with sets that I, Everything I ever wanted with Brian's that uh, I always stick to Brian's, but really liked it. I did try different gear when I was younger, but you know, Bowers, I didn't really, I was all right, but I always wanted to get back to that beast set. And even in my last sets, I had eyes right over here. So I actually copied uh, Colin Delia, yeah. or I, what, however you pronounce his last name. Um, I think his gear is absolutely stunning. When he played for Chicago yeah. and I saw it, I was like, 
that. So I worked with, I think Chris, his name from, uh, from Brian's. And I said, do everything like you did for Delium, but just add those eyes like this. And it, it came up to me, spectacular. <laughs> Couple gloves that I got uh, must have, if you have an ability that's, that's, it was a complete game changer because my gloves were always hurting. My, my hands were always hurting. So I got the practice palm and whatever two practice palms and i want um trapper the for the game ready yeah. best thing ever happened to me yeah i got I, I had to have it i was a practice palm and then a pro palm guy. yeah but yeah last question what advice would you give to your younger self could be anything doesn't have to be hockey related just any advice that's very very good question um I very right away. I have very uh, a funny advice, and then uh, actual uh, actual advice. Um, I think it's quite difficult, honestly. I would say for funny advice is actually try to not date anybody and just have fun with somebody and just enjoy enjoy not being be in the relationship but it feels like if my whole life i was in the relationship the, the longest that i've ever been not in a relationship was two a week and a half or so <laughs> uh, but and uh, in, in true uh in true colors i think it was really really i think a some some people may say that they their career was quite difficult and not everybody's career was it's smooth as ride and stuff. My career, when I look back at it, was exceptionally difficult. Um, always, of course, we always deal with some level of uncertainty. But to me, especially when I moved, I moved uh, 14, like I said, to go to Moscow. I lived by myself. My grandma was visiting me, just having some somebody there. <laughs> Again, uh, you mentioned that the guy who you know from Russia, he didn't go to school at 12. I I did go to school, but four periods, and sorry, I have a practice. I, uh, we have to go, mm -hmm. um, which that, that wasn't true. Our practice <laughs> were at 8 p.m. Uh, but anyway, I pass it all. Great. But um, yeah, um, it, it was exceptionally difficult, but it gave me so many opportunities to see the world to go to finland to to see a lot of because i i was used to practicing and had camps in finland all the time um you know tournaments in, in different countries but i really had a difficult time in within certain days and i think that caused a lot of um i wouldn't say a lot but some health problems just because i was so um, I was so assured of myself that I'm good enough to be in, but there's a lot of reasons that here and there didn't work out. I think just to calm down a little bit and trusting the process, but not overly, but that's the thing. I don't even know how to say that because exactly what we talked about, the whole thing for me is if I wouldn't make it, I know what's well, we would be back if I come back. It would be going to factory, and I don't have an education. I don't have a 
I don't, I don't know what I would be. I would be a lost soul. And like many of the kids that, you know, when you hang out, when you're younger, I mean, I know of the, I know follow them on Instagram and so, but, and I am thinking that one step away, if bell tire wouldn't work out, <laughs> if the, the legendary Chris Corey didn't, wouldn't take me in the team, if, I wouldn't meet Igor Larionov and he wouldn't help me a little bit. And that's it. It's just over. Nothing like I'm sitting here in Grand Rapids having beautiful wife, beautiful daughter, and I'm able to afford a house, all those things, and nothing would exist. But it, and it's, I think it's a scary thing. It really is for me. Um, but trusting trusting the process and exactly what I was talking about. If you do those things, if you're honest to yourself, you give it all somehow, I don't know how I've got no answer on this. Somehow it, it guides you to people, guides you to places and never, it's never, it's never given, but it's, it feels like it's guided. Yeah. Well, Bowman. Very deep, very interesting. <laughs> but thank you for joining us this episode. Now, anything you'd like to promote, comment? I know you work with, uh, you know, agency. Whether you want to put your email or anything out there, it's completely up to you. If not, we can wrap it right up. Um, you know, I mean, I'm working with Gold Star Agency. Um, so fantastic agency. I really enjoy working with them. There's. I work closely with Dan Milnstein and Vlad Spector, fantastic guys. I'm going to see him next week in Detroit. And um, yeah, uh, really, if, and, and there's a lot of exposure. I can say that there's a lot of exposure, but we can't get our eyes everywhere. So um, I would never, I, I always, like, a, like Dan would say, um, always pick up a phone. Um, we, you know, we, the type of people where I always pick up my phone. I never, um, never going to ignore it or whatnot. I mean, anybody who would reach out and who, if you standing on your skates and you're able to skate, I'm going to take a look at you. Um, so if you're anybody interested in that and getting exposure like this, it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity. And I can tell you, I didn't know power of agents some agents not everybody that what difference they can do and what lack of difference they can also do if you have the wrong agents um which some people and i'm sure that you came across the people who are have agents and they absolutely don't don't do anything mm -hmm. um and i can tell you that i've been a part of the um, I've been exposed to those kind of people as well, where it's just, I didn't believe in the approaches. I didn't believe in the work ethic and I didn't believe in the system of that. And very glad that I am with Gold Star now. Awesome. Thanks everyone for listening, watching. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. You know the drill. We'll see everyone next week. Bye. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 